Welcome to the Thrive Today podcast. I'm Natalie Bourne. I'm the media host for Thrive Today and the founder of Innovation Meets Leadership. And I'm so excited because guess what? Today I'm talking to one of my favorite guests to have on a podcast. That's right. I am interviewing San Graham Badre for the third time. I've interviewed him on my other podcast, but I'm so excited to bring him to Thrive Today. He's actually going to be in one of our upcoming editions of the Thrive Today magazine. So I want to dive right in and tell our listeners a little bit about you, about your background, just, yeah, tell us what yeah. you want us to know. <laughs> wow. Well, first of all, third time. Yeah. That's a big deal. I'm like, wait, I don't know. I did not pay you enough. So right. I get that detail. I got that first time. Uh, but, you know, I grew up in India yeah. uh, for 25 years of my life. And quick story, this time I went to India, came back um, to Atlanta airport. And it was the weirdest feeling. For the first time, I said, as soon as I landed in Atlanta, I said, oh, I'm back home. I'm like, wait, did I not just go home? And did I oh, just go wow. home? So it had that weird, because yeah. it's almost like equal amount of years now for me to be living and growing up in India wow. now that I've been in the States. Yeah. And it's like, well, for the first time I called it home. Yeah. And it was like a very visceral feeling around that. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I want to know like a little bit about your backstory. I've gotten to read a little bit about you. And of course, we've talked a lot. Like, I want to hear a little bit about how you even got here in the first place. Cause yeah. like you showed up with not that much money in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, $350 to be exact. <laughs> My brother was here in 2000, 2001. And obviously when 9-11 happened, the entire economy of the world yeah. went sideways. And he came back to India and I had just finished my bachelor's, my engineering degree. And he said, you're not gonna get a job. The world is just not gonna be ready for this. But maybe you should go to the States and uh, wow. you should, it's just a different way of living, different way of educating. Just spend next two years educating yourself. Wow. I'll pay for your application fees, but everything else you're on your own. So that's how I came here. I'm like, all right, well, the application fees was, I actually tricked him on this one. <laughs> so the application fee was about $350. Oh, wow. So for me, I'm like, when I was going through the exams, if I can apply for the for whichever university right then and there, it's free application. <laughs> so I said, okay, I chose University of Alabama. Somehow I got into University of Alabama and I got $350. And that's how I got here. Wow. Well, so just coming from India to Alabama, that had to be a culture shock. Twice. Culture, culture shock. Yes. Like, you know, it's one thing to see any, like, you know, the movies that yeah. you see and what you think about different countries. And then when you actually come down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, <laughs> and then you look at the first thing you see is Roll Tide. I'm like, wait a minute, is that a flag? Like, right. what's that thing? Uh, and then you see everybody in football, the jerseys and everything, and you realize, oh, that is a religion. Of yes, totally. There. So it was it was fascinating. For yeah. Me. You well, know what? Yeah. Over there. I did learn about hospitality. Ah, Southern yeah. hospitality at totally. that. Totally. Yeah. I will never forget this. This was at McDonald's. There's almost, you know, a 70, 80 year old, a man just holding the door. I was on the Aww. other side of the road. Wow. And he was still holding the door for me. And I would never forget his face. And he was just holding it for almost 30 seconds. And I've crossed the road and I'm just wondering, like, is he waiting for somebody else? Yes. Like, <laughs> is that for me? Like, wow. me, this guy? I always want to remember to hold the door for other people wow. in life because that moment really changed the way I thought. Yeah, about from across the street, he was yeah. waiting for you. Waiting for me. It's really the cool. Whole time. He would probably never know. He must have done that for other people. But for me, that was a moment that changed the way I thought about people and how people wow. love each other by just holding the door. Wow. Well, so I want to talk a little bit about your, your business background. So you came from Alabama. Yeah. And then somehow you made your way to Atlanta. Yep. So talk about how do we, how do we get to Atlanta? Well, so obviously, 
There's not much happening in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> so we used to come down almost every weekend to Atlanta just to have, you know, some way of like, all right, what else is there? Like yeah. big city, like, you know, tall buildings, like let's see something else other than just flat terrain. And Atlanta was something that I came all the time. I did get my first job in Deloitte Consulting. Oh. And that was in Atlanta. So okay. that brought me over there. And I remember they never hired a master's candidate because they thought, well, if you're doing your master's, you're going to ask for more money. Right. Well, I had only 350 bucks. So I, there was nothing that I, I didn't care about much money. I'm like, I'm fine. He's like, no, we only hire undergraduate. We wow. never hire graduates. So I'm like, that's totally fine. You can hire me. So I was the first graduate student they ever hired from wow. University of Alabama for uh, at Deloitte Consulting wow. for the job I did. And I was happy it was anything <laughs> because I got a job. Yeah. So you kind of worked your way up. You ended up in Salesforce for a period of time. Yeah. Then you went and launched a startup and that went really, really well. And then you had this moment where you said, hey, I need to kind of go out on my own. Talk about that path and that journey. Yeah. You know, at Pardot, when my last company where I was running marketing, I didn't start that uh, Pardot. I ran marketing and we got acquired by Exec Target and then by Salesforce. Yeah. That was a great experience. All of a sudden we went from about 200 people or so to about 20,000. Wow. And in a matter of Gosh. months. And so the, everything just exploded for us. And I learned a lot. I, was, I stayed there for two years. And then we saw a typical challenge that I, I would never forget again, another experience where we hit every single record there was for number of leads wow. that we could drive. And then my head of sales comes to me and says, Sangram, you know, you did such a good job. You and your team are creating so many leads for us. Can you generate additional 3,000 leads? <laughs> of course. The, the marker always moves, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. How about we just talk about how do we close deals faster? Yeah. How about we talk about how do we use whatever we have and drive more conversions in that? Yeah. What about any of that? And right. they're like, no, I think we're good. We just generate more leads. <laughs> it just made me think like a coin-operated lead machine. Yes, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, well, that got to be changed. Yeah. So that led to start a company called Terminus. Okay. Um, and the story of Terminus is also very fascinating because I met both Eric Spett and Eric Bass, who are the co-founders of Terminus, okay. um, uh, at literally one of their pitch practice. Like they were doing pitch at Atlanta Tech Village, and I saw them, I met them, I saw what they were doing. And I said, well, you know, if you can turn that into a product as opposed to an agency, I think there's a lot of value in that. They said, okay, well, if you're so passionate, why don't you join us as a, as wow. a founder and let's go do this yeah. thing. So I come back and I tell Manmeet, uh, my wife, hey, you know what? I just met two guys <laughs> and we're going to change the world. Like, you know, the typical uh, story around it. And, and she's like, well, just so you know, we just had our second baby. Yeah. You know, she's four months old, uh, four weeks old, not four months, four weeks old. I'm not working right now. I've taken a break. You are working at Salesforce, which right. is taking care of things. We're immigrants, like just a member. <laughs> we have to keep our status and all that. And I'm like, oh, that is good. You know, you know, it's fine. I got to do this thing because I totally think this can change right. things. And she said to me, after a few weeks of back and forth, back and forth, she straight up looked in my eyes and said, all right, Sangram, I can see you want to do this. And if you don't do this, wow. you're going to regret. And I'm like, Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to retract. She's like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a job, a real, you know, a job so that you, we can keep things running in the house. Wow. We were going to put our daughter. We didn't plan so early in a daycare. Yeah. It wasn't the plan wow. so early to do that. We're wow. going to do all that. But here's the thing. You have one year. <laughs> in one year, you show me this thing has legs. Wow. Otherwise, you're going to go find a real job. Wow. 
Ali, I think that was the best thing she could have done for me. Yeah, you, you had all the skin in the game right there. Right, every day I'm coming home, you know, she's obviously <laughs> taking a kid, like she's doing all these things. And and I, I couldn't believe it. And so one, the, that year, that's all I focused on. And I think it, it changed the way we went about and wow. go to market for this. That's so powerful. Well, I want to hear a little bit about your backstory as a believer. So yeah. you're having all this success at work and all these things. Where did Christ enter in in this whole like kind of journey that you've been on work-wise? Yeah. So after that wonderful, wonderful one year yeah. of building Terminus and doing everything, whatever it takes, Almost a year and a half later, Manmeet comes to me and said, you know, I don't think you're the same person anymore. Wow. Ooh. I, I think we need to, we need to separate. Wow. Oh. And well, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We did, is this not all this, what we all agreed on? We right. Discussed? And she said, yeah, but not at the cost of when you have completely changed who you are. Wow. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't really, it took me a, a while to grasp it. And it only made me even more mad yeah, about yeah. the situation that we were in. And she was right, which made me even more, more <laughs> mad. It's like, oh, you're right. Like, it's it just, I'm no longer yeah. the person I was. Yeah. I'd rather have become a lot more prideful, mm -hmm. a lot more, I know what I know and I can yeah. do everything. And I, yeah. whatever I'm touching is starting to go. Like I had all these feelings wow. in spite of, inside of me had changed from me that person who came at with $350 yeah. and tried to build stuff. Now yep. that I've built stuff, I have forgotten right. the person, the person she married. Yeah. She knows me for 20 plus years. Right. And she's like, you're just a different person. Wow. So we're on the brink of divorce with two kids wow. and everything under the sun from a American dream perspective right. working for us. And she, in a, in a moment, her mom said, talk, asked her like, hey, go and talk to your cousin, mm -hmm. your cousin who's in London, who was a Sikh before mm -hmm. and became Christian. Wow. And so when we talked to her, man, for whatever reason, she felt like that was, a, that was the first time wow. somebody prayed for her. Wow. And she said, I've never had anybody pray for me wow. like that. And things just started to happen in her life. And at that point, we did not, we have never heard the name Jesus yeah. before that. Believe it or not, being wow. in the States for 15 plus years at that time, our neighbors being Christians, we have never heard the name Jesus. It was all around you, but nobody was sharing nobody it. Ever shared it. And that's a lot of times you think like, you know, we need to go to mission trips to do all yeah. these things. This is mission life all right here, around us. Right in our neighborhood. Right in our neighborhood. Yeah. So we were in all these circles. We were never even exposed to that. Maybe we are not ready. Maybe we didn't hear. Maybe nobody tried. Like, But it never really, I didn't even know wow. who Jesus was. And... She's like, you know, something is happening. And then one day when we were having an argument, she said, you know, I need to take the plank out of my eyes before I tell you what's wrong with you. I'm like, what? Where is that? Like, where is that coming <laughs> yes. from? Because I like, you can't fight back right. on that. She's like, well, yeah. that's what Jesus said yeah. that you got to do is you got to take the speck out of it and, and not yeah. look at the plank in your, you know, the person in person in front of you. Yeah. And that I'm like, who's Jesus? Like I, like, I literally asked as if here's, she's a, there's a guy she's talking, talking to. Talking to, right. To Who's this about. guy you're talking to? Oh, she's, he, he, he's the person from the Bible. And, wow. uh, you know, and then I asked her all kinds of questions. And she wow. said, I don't have answers for these questions. But I know that Jesus does. Wow. And I'm going to continue to pursue that. And wow. I'm like, look, wait, wait, wait. I'm a Hindu. You're right. a Hindu. You're a Sikh. Yeah. We don't need a third religion <laughs> in order for us to fix our marriage. Right. Like, you know, there got to be right. a better thing. And she just, she's now, I, I believe in Jesus. Wow. 
And I think I'm pursuing this thing and I'm not going to quit on you. And that was huge. After I, saying, yeah, we're done yep. to now I'm not going to quit. Yeah. You knew something in the middle had something, changed. Something big. Yeah. And as I was traveling, I literally picked up the King James Version Bible. Yeah. Therefore, <laughs> said the airport Bible do sell, yeah. you know, for people like me. <laughs> so I, I picked up and I started reading it. Oh. And obviously it was King James Version is hard to yes. read. This, yes, it is. In a way. <laughs> So some, then I found out and then bought the NIV version yes. so I can actually fully actually understand, understand what's it. happening. <laughs> and it, it really, I just kept going through it and I started to read and, and I started to watch debates and I started wow. to watch and all in the pursuit, Natalie, to prove her wrong. Wow. I still wasn't there. I, the pride in me was so high that, okay, I'm just going to prove her wrong and right. this debate will be over and wow. we won, right? Six months into it, I've gone through, I, for the first time, i I uh, actually purchased Indian text of Vedas. Yeah. Because I'm like, if I'm pursuing truth, I just want to know the truth. Yeah. I don't care what the truth is. Right. I just want to know the truth. Wow. So I bought Vedas. So for the first time, I read Hindu scriptures. I've never read those. Wow. For the first time, I, I bought a Quran. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, if, if there is like... You're getting oh, all of it. Like, what it, is right? it? Yeah. So I brought uh, everything I could purchase. I purchased a bunch of books. I listened to a bunch of videos and podcasts and whatnot. And then finally, I said, okay, I'm just going to create a list. I think I've, I'm done six months into it. I, one night I was sitting down. I created a, a line straight in the middle and top. Why do you should believe and why I should not believe, right? <laughs> and why I should believe. I started to write, 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 write. I'm like, I'm tired. Why I should believe. Let me start writing <laughs> why I should not believe. That was blank. Wow. I couldn't write anything in that wow. side of the page. Wow. And so that day was the first day for me, things just changed. It's like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? This is insane. Just too many reasons to yeah. believe. And this is all intellectual. Like, I, yeah. like there's so much spiritual stuff that started to happen in our lives yeah. that, that, you know, we can get into it. But intellectually, like, I felt like if you are just putting things together and if you're purely seeking the truth, it would be crazy not to see the truth in front of you, given all the historical record, yeah. all the details around it, and the reason why Jesus came and died. And when you when you when you distill it down, it's like, well, there's nothing like this wow. that I can even compare to. So that restored our marriage back. We both truly became the evangelist for it for wow. each other. Wow! Uh, but it took a while. And you started seeking together. Seeking together. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. That's an amazing story. I have never known that it was your wife yeah. that led you, basically led you to Christ. She totally, and it, her transformation is my testimony. Yeah. She transformed, I knew, I, I knew her even before that time for almost 20 years. We graduated together in India and we had two years of long distance wow. relationship. Then I came here, did my master's. Then I went back, we got married and she came here. So we have so much history together. So wow. I knew her. Yes. And if there was a change, I knew that change wasn't temporary. That's there right. was a new creation wow. happened in her without even going through all of it. And and nobody was telling us anything. Nobody wow. was talking about us. It yeah. was just happening in our lives. Wow. Right. In, in our living room. Wow. Without somebody talking to us. It was the craziest thing that we were experiencing. And we knew this wasn't us. Right. What was going on? Well, I love how that then merged your new relationship with Jesus over time had kind of merged into you launching your new business and really kind of thinking about how do you want to work? Like, yeah. how do I want to show up at work? What does that need to look like long term? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I remember during my heyday of building the first business, uh, the way I had on LinkedIn, I said, I want to be a CEO of a billion dollar company. 
That was my headline. <laughs> and talk about ego as big as it can get. Let's just be real about right, it. It right. was so bad. Yeah. And, and now I can talk about it because I recognize yeah. where that came from. Right. And, it, and then it changed to like, you know, now it's like, I want to figure out a way to help a billion people. Yeah. Like, you know, just That's now, cool. How you direct your ego to yes. a different side of it. Now I'm recognizing it. It let me, it, it actually helped me to think differently about giving up and letting go. Wow. I felt like things, anytime we, we, I couldn't do this, it was more about giving up. And mm -hmm. that's, that's a failed mindset. Yeah. And it really helped me know I'm letting go of the things and I'm actually choosing to do these things. Mm -hmm. It was a big shift in our in, in everyday life. Wow. I love that. And so uh, there's this blog that you wrote and I just have so enjoyed it. It's one of the featured posts that you have. And you kind of talk about, you go through the list. You're like, look, I almost divorced. Yeah. I went down the list. Like what was really the fire that said, I want to do it different. I want yeah. to start my own thing and I want to do it different. Like what was the fire there? Like what was the moment that pushed you where you knew it's time to leave? Because I think yeah. a lot of our people listening, they want to know like what does that spark look like for them when it's time to leave? Like how do they know it's time to jump out of the boat yeah. and walk on water even though it's terrifying? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is and it still is. Many people joke like, I know you're going to continue to keep starting because this is something, yeah. someone who you are. Yeah. Like, it is DNA. What's interesting about the new business that I started and the reason I started and I'm publicly talking about mm -hmm. how I'm, I'm doing it, it's funny that like, the five people that we have in this new business, we're praying every time we so meet, cool. we're praying, we're just doing it differently, right? Yeah. Like we are, we are, before we go and do a workshop or something, we pray and say, let yeah. this, uh, let this be you, God revealed and use us if this is, let help us do the best work of our lives here. Yeah. Just a different level of outcome that mm -hmm. we are seeking as opposed to a pure play financial outcome. Right. Like right, right now when you see companies doing layoffs like crazy, yeah. right now yeah. we see the whole thing like all, and I'm hearing company CEOs talking, well, we're going to lay off 45% of the people so we can show that we have growth mm -hmm. over X percent. And in That's January, right. we're going to hire about 10% of them. Right. I'm like, that's just playing with lives. Yes. And, and I think it's all just rooted in not understanding the, the value of a life. Right. And right. I think now that I'm starting a new business, I'm just being like, well, we're not going to do anything just because I want to do what I want to show something or we want to be the fastest growing company yeah. or be, uh, be some label. We just want to do things right. And, and that's how we're trying to do now. That's super exciting. And that's fun. Yeah. It's it, fun when you can, when you come to work and you know that you're doing it the way that God's called you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. At the same time. Absolutely. <laughs> because, you know, last company I raised over 100 million, in, uh, uh, you know, with, with investments. Like this company I'm not going to raise because I realize that when you raise, you're almost mortgaging your ability to make decisions. Right. So this time we're not going to do that. So that yeah. means we're going to make some hard decisions. We're going to yeah. find ways. So when we hire somebody, we're going to look at that person as we're going to hire them because they're the best person. And you're not going to just try to let go for any financial number that right. we want to metric that we want to make. You're going to let go of people if they're not right fit right. or where the business has changed That's on right. all those reasons for the right reasons yeah. that they know, but not forever for any financial metric. That's so good. Talk to me a little bit about your new book, Yeah, um, Move, yeah. which we have, we have right here, which is such an awesome book. Talk a little bit about what caused you to write it. And just, I love the fact that you even are happy to talk about the people that disagree with you yeah. on this book, which is pretty cool too. Yeah. So on the move book, yeah. we started writing this, me and Brian Brown, who's my okay. co-author on this book. We started writing this about three, two and a half years ago. Okay. And it was to help companies think about what should be their next move. Right. 
most lot of there are a lot of companies that have great products. Mm -hmm. They have great idea. Yeah. They're great founders. Yeah. They're very hardworking. Right. But still, less than one percent of those companies actually would ever see the life yeah. in their product turning into what customer would desire to have. We see this all the time. Mm -hmm. And because me and Brian and some of us, we have seen that and we were blessed enough to do it over and over again, mm -hmm. we're like, we don't want to start another software company where right. we just we, you know, we just make money for ourselves. Right. Let's just build so that we can help hundreds of companies do this better. So that's what's the genesis of Move is wow. to help you figure out what your next move should be. And so we interviewed a whole bunch of VCs, the CEOs, CMOs, CROs, all different people, like what have they done? Distilled mm -hmm. down into four questions wow. uh, for go-to-market that companies need to answer regardless of what stage of the business they're mm -hmm. in. And then we guide, we do workshops, we help companies do that from day one. That's so cool. How can people find you? How can they follow you? How yeah. can they learn a little bit more about you? Right. So a couple of places. Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Like that's one place. That where, is your spot. You hang out there. Spot. Yeah. It's been four years that I've posted three, three to four times a week. So cool. Just consistently. Yeah. And you can go to sangramhere.com. And okay. where, you know, we have a framework here. I'm a framework guy. I yeah. love creating frameworks. Yeah. I've created about 21 different frameworks for the business of marketing, leadership, and life. Mm -hmm. So people can download it on sangramir.com. I love that. Okay, so I have to ask before we're out, what is the best business advice you've ever gotten? And what's the worst business advice you've ever gotten? The best one, I think I've learned this one. And I'll tell you the worst one in a second. The best one that I've learned is that being intentional is way more important than being brilliant. Huh, Okay. A lot of people think they're brilliant, and they probably are, but if they're not intentional wow. on in the area that their lane of genius, whatever God has yeah. instilled in them, they would just be fluttering around all their lives and right. never, ever achieve the significance they want to have in their life. Wow. That's so true. Several people just flashed before my eyes in my own life where yeah. I'm like, they are brilliant, but yeah. they're not intentional. Yep. And so therefore... They spin in a circle. They don't actually move in a direction. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's real. So that's that I've learned. The right. second part is I've heard the worst advice uh, <laughs> that I've got around that is that, well, you can only do, you can achieve anything in life you want. I think that's the worst advice yeah. ever because the, the truth is that you can achieve anything in life you want, but not all at the same time. And that's really important for people to hear. Yeah. Because right, we're told we can have it all. Yeah. And when we try to, we find ourselves wanting. Yeah. You Strangely. Can't, you can't. Like, you, yeah. if I want to have all the other things and at the same time have a, a, a better life and better family and all that stuff, you, you, I mean, if you, if you want all of it, then you have to sacrifice things and you have to understand that you, you're going to make sure that this is important at some point, this is important at another point. But you can't just have everything and say, well, I want everything in life all at the same time. Yeah. Chances are it's not going to happen. That's so good. It's a hard truth. That is so good. Yeah. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this interview. This is, again, one of my favorite people to interview because he's just so real, but he also has the business shop. So I hope you'll go check out all those places he told you to follow. And ladies, as you live your life, we want you to do it with leadership, community, and strength. And don't forget to thrive. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.